Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to these podcasts, I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And my website has information on the type of work that I do, which is mainly around core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, and some new bodies of work that are coming out there as well. Um, There's a new body of work that I will be revealing very soon um, called The Catalyst, which uh, I have shared another podcast briefly on. And uh, this is an accelerated version of a lot of the work that I do to match our accelerated times. So um, more information about that is coming. And I'm also offering one-to-one sessions for anyone who's been in plant medicine ceremonies and is finding it tricky or would like some help with integrating your experiences since since the ceremony that you've been in. Uh, and those are on a one-to-one individual basis so if you if that's affected you then please feel free to reach out to me and we can arrange an initial conversation before we go any further so today's podcast is um on a topic that I've covered before and I sometimes um cover in my individual sessions I definitely cover when I'm teaching which is to do with toxic healers it's quite a controversial subject and I have I often um I often debate, you know, whether it's appropriate for me to do this, but I feel it is. You know, I don't feel like I'm telling on members of my profession. I feel like I'm shining a light on inappropriate behavior within the healing community. Now, there's many different branches to this, but I just want to cover a few specific areas that are good lookouts when you're choosing your healer or when you're in a relationship with your healer. So the first thing to say is, you know, the healer that you've chosen, you've chosen for a reason. You were called to them. Maybe there's karmic ties. Um, Maybe you resonate with them. Maybe there are wounds in you that feel they are seen by this healer, or maybe you are attracted to this healer because you have wounds in common. Maybe they had a great website. Maybe they live near you. Um, Maybe they're cheap. Maybe they were recommended to you. You know, there's so many reasons why we pick a healer. And sometimes it's just because it feels right. I just want to look at some of the things that can go on when we are working with certain healers that lack integrity. And so one of the first things that I have pointed out before in podcasts is to look out for inconsistencies in your relationship with the healer. So if you're communicating on email predominantly, Just look out for inconsistencies in communication on email. Now, that's not to say they're not human and there's going to be times when they're rushing off a message to you. But what I mean is, you know, look out for um, times when they're very familiar with you and then times when they pull away. So what I've noticed, what tends to happen with healers that are basically toxic or are conning me or, or feeding off my energy in some way, is that when they think they've got me booked in for a session, This is when I'm in client mode and I can be in client mode as much as the next person because I'm a human being and I need healing too. So this is what I've observed over the years. So when I'm approaching someone for a healing and initially they're all, you know, dear Amber and then they'll they'll sign off their email, kiss, kiss, um, lots of love, you know, lots of smiley faces and so on. And I think, oh, okay, there's a lot of familiarity going here, um, going on here. Now, when I first started out, asking for healing I loved it it made me feel appreciated it made me feel like I had a friend it made me feel like this person saw me 
And then sometimes when that would change and they would get all professional on me, when they'd never really established that boundary in the first place, it, I'd feel really heartbroken and I'd wonder if I'd done something wrong. And really that's a, that's a means of controlling. You know, when we give, when we, um, when we are inconsistent with our emotions, as in we give and then we deny and then we give and then we deny, it's a form of control. It's a narcissistic, very abusive way of controlling someone who is vulnerable. We shower them with love, we shower them with affection, we shower them with attention, and then we take it away, like we deny it to them. And when we do that denial, it's to punish them, it's to show them that we actually have power. And now the person that was on the receiving end is hungry for that thing that was given so freely to them before, and that's how power is established. So I always look out now for healers that do that. They initially go, dear Amber, kiss, kiss, blah, blah, and then say there's you know a disagreement on something, say... Um, I have to change an appointment or I don't want to work with them anymore or um, I've asked for a concession because I, I can't afford the full amount to pay. All of these things have happened to me over the years. So I'm giving you examples from my life. They will respond differently. So now they've gone from going, you know, lots of love, kiss, kiss to going best wishes. Ooh, I always know. That's when I know that that this was never authentic to start off with. So what you're looking for is consistency, they, a consistent sign-off, a consistent way of saying hello to you, dear so-and-so, hello so-and-so, best wishes, warmest wishes, you know, love and light, whatever it is, but a consistency to it. That consistency shows you that they are consistent in their approach to you, that they're not overly invested in you, that they're not seeing you um, as a friend, that they're not triggered by you, that you are a client to them and you want to just be a client to them. You don't want to be someone that triggers them to such an extent that they can't contain their emotions. You want to just be a client to them. So the toxicity comes in with that sort of denial of affection. Um, you know, for example, I, I once had an interaction with a healer and um, she, they wanted to put me in for a week for this sort of program of work. And I said, actually, I don't want a week. I just want to do a day. And that if you if you kind of lined up the emails, you'd see the first email was, oh, dear Amber, that's great. These are the days and times that we can do. This is how much I charge. Um, you know, send me through this and we'll do this and we'll do that. Uh, speak to you soon. Kiss, kiss. And then I email back and I say, actually, I don't want to do a week. I just want to do a day. Is that okay? And I get the response. Uh yes, that's fine, uh, we can do a day, best wishes, and their name. And you just think, oh, so if I'm not paying you as much money, do I not get the kisses? Do I just get the kisses when you get the money? Um, so look out for stuff like that. The next thing is, and I've been purposely flippant about that because I think we have to laugh at this. It's sort of the, the, the way we reveal ourselves in life is quite amusing. The next thing is, it's this is serious. So this is... Um, you know, what is happening after healings? So you go for your healing and what tends to happen is you feel amazing afterwards, right? Because you've had a healing. Stuff has been cleared. Good stuff has been put in. You feel, you feel good. You feel really, really good. And it might be that your life continues to feel good for a couple of months onwards, weeks onwards, days onwards. But then it's somewhere along the line, it will all go horribly wrong, horribly wrong to the point where you can't even understand why this is happening when you were doing so well and you'd had this great healing. And your thoughts will repeatedly go back to, oh, I've got to go back to so-and-so because when I had a healing with so-and-so, things were really good. 
So you go back and you have a healing and things are really good again. And then a few weeks, months, days down the line, they start to fall apart again. And you go back and you get another healing. And eventually, over time, you're dependent on this healer to feel good. But what's happening is they are doing a form of healing that isn't that is is healing, but it's also entrapment. It's never complete. It's never finished. It's never done. They're not cutting the cords. They're keeping you tied to them so that you keep coming back to them. And there are energetic ways. If you know how to use energy, there are ways that you know to use it for good. And that there are also ways that you know how to use it for harm. So look out for that inconsistency in your healing journey. Now, obviously, when we go for healing, we're going to feel lots of things afterwards. We feel great, but then we feel rubbish because the healing needs to integrate. But it shouldn't really be chaotic and disastrous. And, you know, most healers who have integrity, if you contact them and say, look, I saw you for healing a couple of weeks ago, and this stuff has happened, and I'm feeling really out of sorts, please could you help? They'll give you guidance, like they'll give you a, a kind of a, a aftercare. They won't, they won't really suggest that you book in with them again. But if they're doing that, it's because they're drawing you, 99% of the time, it's because they're drawing you back in for uh, further work with them. Ka-ching, it's money for them, but it's also control and power. A lot of egos that aren't, um, a lot of healers that are in their egos and aren't in the light uh, can end up being quite abusive in their relationships with their clients. So that leads on to the third point, which is that not every healer, just because they're doing healing, is doing it for the right reasons, as in they're not all coming from a place of service. And just because they're connected to energy doesn't mean it's the right energy, doesn't mean it's the energy of light, and doesn't mean that it's necessarily the energy for you. So be wary of that. Be wary of healers and psychics and so on that cross your path. Synchronicity is a wonderful thing. But we have talked about synchronicity till we're blue in the face, like it's just become another thing now. Um, you know, it's a, it's sort of a, it's a it's a way of speaking, it's a way of relating, and sometimes that can be manipulated. I I in the very very early days before I ever attuned to Reiki, but I was obviously connected my whole life, and I think people who could see auras and energies and all the rest of it better than I could see at the time. I felt stuff, but I didn't really trust it would make a straight beeline for me so I would I was the kind of person I'd be I remember once sitting in a in a coffee shop in a bookshop I was waiting for a friend oh my god this was this is years ago this is like decades ago I'm waiting for my friend and I'm reading a book and this guy comes up to me and um he says I just have to come up I mean it sounds like a pickup line and maybe it was but he says I just have to I just had to come up to you and you know do you, would you mind if I gave you a reading because your energy is so incredible. I was so naive. I was so green and so hungry for this stuff because I didn't understand it. I didn't realize that all the answers were in me. And that because I was unaware of the power in me that we all have, I was I was an easy target. So he gave me this, he, this reading. I think he read my aura. He read some tea leaves. I think he read my palm. I mean, he was quite spot on with a lot of things, but nothing that he couldn't have just picked up just generally just being quite intuitive. But there was something quite vampiric about his energy. Um, and he'd obviously zoned in on me because I he could sense my vulnerability. Obviously, he could sense energy, so he could sense my wounds as well. He gave me his card and he, and he told me that, you know, I should come and see him and book in for healing sessions because it would really benefit me and blah, blah, blah. And even though I was naive and I was green and I was vulnerable at the time, um, I always had quite a strong bullshit detector. 
I never went to see him, but I took his card and I kept his number. And every now and then when things were difficult in my life, I thought, oh, should I approach him for a reading? Now, lots of people get sucked in this way. You know, lots of people say, oh, I met my healer because, you know, I was in the supermarket and this person came up to me and said, oh, you've got a beautiful aura. And it turns out they're a healer. And then we had a healing. And then, you know, three years down the line, they've been sort of sucked dry by this healer of all their finances and all their power. I'm not saying synchronicity isn't a beautiful thing and can't yield wonderful things, but sometimes the things that cross our path were meant to keep crossing, <laughs> you know, like they were meant to keep going. And it's really just a test of discernment. You know, if you imagine that life is like a conveyor belt and, and all this stuff is kind of going past us the whole time, you know, we have choice of what we want to engage with. There'll be the stuff that we want to engage with and then there'll be the stuff that really should just keep going. So I think that's important to remember. And I think when we're first starting on our path and we're first awakening, everything becomes so potent. We think everything is a sign and everything is you know, telling us what to do. And I think sometimes that's very true. But there's a few things to remember about that. Human beings are controlled by their egos and their minds. So a human being crossing your path could be a sign or it could just be a human being that could see that you were vulnerable and decided to cross your path could also be you know a human being that is an angel you know got that kind of beautiful frequency about them and just wants to help you so I'm not saying always be suspicious I'm just saying show discernment um but sometimes synchronicity is sent our way to test us it's the darkness trying to trick us I think we can get our best clues to life from nature from you know being out in nature and observing the signs that come to us but the thing to remember about that is that our signs you know what we're seeing everything that we perceive is filtered by our own ego so how do we know what that rock means or what that feather means or what that squirrel running across our path means because we're filtering everything with our own judgments which are based on past experiences so just some things to bear in mind. Um, other things that toxic healers do, uh, which I have mentioned before in other podcasts, is inconsistency with timekeeping, cancelling appointments, keeping you hanging on, not, um, not seeing you when you're in need. So what they'll do is you'll have a session with them and then if you go into crisis mode often with this healer, which is already a red flag, what will tend to happen is they won't be there to, res they won't be there to rescue you, as in they won't be there to help you. They'll keep you waiting. They'll keep you in the pain. And as you stay in that pain, as you stay in that kind of vulnerable state, your defenses get lower, you get more susceptible, and then you're so much more grateful when they pick you up again. And really, they probably could have assisted you just by sending you a quick email or having a quick phone call or doing a quick healing, even if it was a distance blast. So I have more time for those healers that will respond to emergency calls than those that keep clients waiting because it's often a kind of power trip when they do that so look out for that as well um, in your interactions with healers look out for healers that spend a lot of their time on social media um, telling you that they are the next you know incarnation of whatever exercise discernment is the bottom line really um, there's a there's a there's a lot there's a much more extensive list of what to look out for both with twin flame healers and with just everyday healers. But I just wanted to bring up a few points because I felt that these are the things that have been coming up lately in sessions, but also I hadn't really covered this in detail before. 
Um, so if that assists you, uh, I, I, that's great. I really hope it does in some way. And it's not to disparage the healing process, which which can be like that. You know, you, you have a healing and things get worse before they get better. That's part of it. But if that's happening continually, you have to ask, you know, what kind of energy is this healer working with? Really, after a healing, you should feel a huge, hopefully feel a sense of peace and calm and clarity. And things will come up, but they will come up to be processed in a way that feels manageable. But if it feels, you know, great, like you're really elated and then it's absolutely terrible and things are falling apart and you feel chaotic, and something's not quite right there. So again, as always, take anything that I say um, with your own discernment. So recycle what you don't like and keep what you do. Um, the website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am taking bookings at the moment for healings uh, throughout September. I've been away for a while, so that's why sometimes I've been slow to respond. But I'm back in this in the hot seat and I'm taking bookings to assist at this time. So if you would like to work with me, drop me an email. We can always have a quick 15-minute chat to see how we get on and then take it from there. Wherever you are in your journey, I wish you much love, joy, peace, and abundance. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.